Welcome to the Somatic Healing Podcast. We are your hosts, Jen and Melody, two trauma-informed nervous system experts. In this space, we do the work of coming back to our bodies, rewiring the nervous system, and connecting to ease, relaxation, and fun by breaking free from trauma. We dive into how to address trauma in a gentle way, how to create safety in the body, how to connect back to who we really are and show up authentically in the world without spiritual bypassing, toxic positivity, or techniques that leave you feeling stuck or re-traumatized. We are here for long-term sustainable transformation, honoring the body, its needs and desires. Welcome Welcome to to this this portal portal of expansion, healing and and co-regulation. Well, hello. Hello. Um, today we thought that we were, well, we're starting an education series. So we would like to break down some concepts um, to sort of make this education about nervous system closer to everyone and accessible to everyone. And we wanted to start with the basic concept that is the foundation of our work. Yeah, so today we'll be talking about what is polyvagal theory and why it's it's essential learning for both individuals and and for people, I would say, especially for people who are working with, with others, so coaches, healers, um, anyone, teachers, doctors, <laughs> absolutely yeah. anyone. Because a lot of people that come to our space already have their own practice in, in different modalities. And we believe that polyvagal theory should be accessible to everyone working with humans, right? Yeah, anyone with a nervous system or, or anything with a nervous system. <laughs> anything with a nervous system, yes. Um, so... Should we start by explaining what it is? I don't know if you want yeah. to read what you... Yeah, I have a lot of notes around, so you might see me moving and reading. Um, obviously, polyvagal theory is is huge. Isn't it? It's more than we could cover in a single podcast, and, and a lot of it maybe... I don't know how to say it. like it might not interest some people to yeah. go, I mean it, if if you like this stuff you can go deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. and find out so much and, and for me I come from a science background so it does really interest me but today we're just gonna give sort of a brief overview yeah just the basics so you can understand what it really is but of course know that there's much more to it so feel free to just go down the rabbit hole and yeah and enjoy it <laughs> but we talk a lot about polyvagal theory so I thought a good place to start would be well what is it um, yeah and the polyvagal theory <laughs> was <laughs> developed in 1994 by Dr. Stephen Porges. We like to call him Steve. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> so it's a theory about the workings of the autonomic nervous system. And the, <clears throat> the autonomic nervous system is at the heart of everything we do. So our thoughts, our behaviours, our feelings, all of these things are connected to the nervous system. Yeah. Um. And through its three organizing principles, Porges theory offers us an understanding of how we relate to ourselves, to others, and to the world around us, and also why we relate in certain ways. Yeah, it just explains the way we work. Like so many clients, when they start understanding all of this, it's like, oh my God, it, like normally they say this is eye-opening, mm-hmm. right? In the sense, like I finally understand myself. I finally understand why... I went through that, why I behave this way, why I have this, why I'm feeling this, why I'm experiencing all of this. Yeah, or why these 
patterns keep repeating in, in relationship, in jobs, in in well, all different yeah. areas? Because no? I think actually you wrote a post recently about like how we normally associate nervous system just with mental health, but it's like so much wider, like polyvital theory is related to everything, right? Oh, yes, I don't remember. It's yet to be released. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so I'm releasing more than I should. No, I think a lot of people think of nervous system and we automatically go to, you know, health, but actually the post was about was about us, it was about yeah. relationships, how um, the nervous system rules <clears throat> all these areas of our lives so it's not just health it's how we like i just said how we relate to others how we relate to the world there's a big connection between polyvagal theory and um attachment theory as well yeah exactly so it's like not just relationships romantic relationship friendship relationship relationship with your family the way that you run your business the way that you relate to your clients Mm -hmm. right like the way you as you said relate to yourself with others to the world absolutely everything yeah it's like the nervous system means how you show up in the world in all different ways um and for me learning about this theory was very validating i think that's something we talked about it it just validated all all of my life everything sort of made sense like you just said like oh that's why and it gives you this understanding and also with that understanding brought a lot of compassion yeah and also like this hope of oh i'm not broken after all you know that it makes sense why I'm feeling this way. It makes sense why I'm acting this way. And then the other beautiful thing about polyvagal theory is it gives you the the the, the map to get yourself back home. It shows you the way yeah. to recover. That's not the right word, but sort of recover yourself. Like yeah, to get back to yourself to, to your finally own. feel like yourself again, right? And I think you were mentioning about the three organizing principles. So you're going to go to that, or you want to explain maybe like why do you think it's important that we learn about these things so you want to leave that for the end we can talk about it why we can talk about yeah um, um i was just actually writing a post now and and it relates to what we're saying here right because i mean this is such an important concept and we're actually addressing to you not just as individual because also as someone who is working with other clients because polyvagal theory as we've said explains so many things and I know most of the time when you hear the word nervous system, we make a link between nervous system and yoga, nervous system and breath work, nervous system and somatic healing modalities. Yeah, I think a lot of people have this misunderstanding of, of what nervous system work is. And, and I do have a lot of people uh, enter into conversation with me and, and they say, oh, I already do nervous system work. You know, I take cold showers or... I practice yoga and yes of course the nervous system is involved in that practice but there's a big foundation that needs to be put in place before these things sort of take place. yes and and that's why it's important right because we might think that we're already doing somatic or I actually had one ayahuasca practitioner coming to me saying I actually do somatic work without knowing but they have no idea about polyvagal and while of course there's no intention of harm behind them like they are not doing this purpose like can be very dangerous so yeah I'd like to just jump in with my own experience of it just popped to mind like I, I all of this for me started a number of years ago when I went to an energy healing session and of course the people who were running it had no bad intention but they were also misinformed. So when something did go wrong for me, they were not able to be there and provide me with the, the help, the support, the information that I needed. Yeah, 
That's the great example. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while these people didn't mean any harm, their lack of um, lack of being informed—I feel like that's the right way to say it. Well, the lack of information about political. Yeah, their lack of understanding of what was actually going on beneath the service surface for me left me just um, lost, basically lost. And while they didn't mean any harm, they did do a great deal of damage. Yeah, and and. I, I guess, and I hope you don't mind me saying, like you feel lost and confused and you didn't know what was going on, right? And you didn't know what steps to take. Yeah, I, I, you know, then I started just trying different things. And of course, um, it was a, a case of trial and error, but everything I was trying was sort of not really working. And luckily I met you and you introduced me to polyvagal theory and then I could start to see like, oh, okay, now it makes sense what's going on inside. And the more I... I learned about this work, the more I was able to to ground, basically, because I think what I was feeling more than anything was ungrounded, like you said, lost and confused. And all of this gave me the tools and the information I needed to to put my feet back on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And what I was saying then, that is so important to know this, because even though we might think that we're already doing body work, right, when we don't understand polyvagal, it's not only that we're not addressing the root cause and like really doing what you're saying, like putting your feet on the ground, is the fact that we can cause a lot of damage to ourselves when we're engaging in these practices and to others, if mm-hmm. we are guiding others through these practices. Because not all body work is safe. The problem with this practice, some of these practices is that if we don't have an understanding of how the nervous system physiology really works, we can send the system further into this regulation. Yeah. I think, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to carry on from my own example. Is that is exactly what I did. I, I'd heard breathwork is good, but I didn't know, you know, which type of breathwork. So I was focusing on, um, very activating breathwork, but not knowing at that time my system was in a state of, of mobilization. My system was stuck, in this fight or flight response. So the breathwork that I was using, which I thought was going to help me, because of course breathwork is good, breathwork is helpful, breathwork breath work is healing, was sending my system further and further and further into dysregulation. So that's why it's important to have this understanding, because if I had known what was going on inside of me, I wouldn't have gone down that path of breathwork. I would have done something else to bring my system back to a state of, of um, Oh, I keep forgetting words like homeostasis balance, yeah. then sort of pushing it further. And I mean, I- I'm sure we'll end up doing a whole podcast on breath work because I do have a lot to say about it. If you just said, because even if you're doing calming breath work, yeah. my opinion is I wouldn't do that, but whatever, like this is going to be for another podcast. But yeah, like we can end up re traumatizing the system. And the problem with this is that it can put us, put, put us, I don't know if I'm saying that properly. Yeah. <laughs> not the second time not the second time <laughs> like in in danger right not just of getting stuck in that state but even causing what i've said like further dysregulation that can make it more difficult for us to actually get out of that right so this is why it's very important that we understand for ourselves right so we don't engage in practices that our body might not be ready for and for others so we make sure that we know what we are doing we understand what's going on with the physiology of our client and we know the signs to look for when you know perhaps there it is too much for them perhaps they're disassociating we're able to look out for what's going on i had someone come to me recently and we're having a conversation and and they said that they were seeing a therapist and their therapist wasn't able to witness the fact that that 
this person who came to me had completely disassociated and, and it it it's harmful because this you have a client in front of you and, and this client is as disassociated is gone so they're no longer in their body they're no longer in the present moment but the therapist didn't notice that so they carry on as normal and it, it's damaging it's damaging because it doesn't make it doesn't make that individual feel seen first of all and it's for the system itself it's just yeah it's too much and I wanted to mention something because I see a lot of line and I see my personal experience how people go through a session and they say like oh my god like it was extremely mind-blowing I left all of these things and they're like oh my god oh my god oh my god but then the after they are absolutely overwhelmed the nervous system is absolutely overwhelmed because that was too much so when we understand the nervous system we see what's actually appropriate or not because the good thing about being polyvagal informed is that we understand that we don't have to suffer, we don't have to face the pain in order to heal. Because at the end of the day, this is just a perpetuation of trauma in which we think that life is meant to suffer. And of course, suffering is part of life. But if there is a gentle way that is actually safe for us, that is going to save us a lot of problems in the future, why wouldn't we take that path? So we're choosing the path of suffering. We're choosing to put ourselves through pain again, through yeah. all of these things, when in reality, it's just not serving us, right? It's just suffering for the sake of suffering. Yeah, I think one thing with polyvagal that I really like is that it tells us that we don't have to relive the past. We don't have to sit there and face the memories. We don't have to, what a lot of people will call like integrate the pain. I hear that come up a lot. Like we need to face what's going on in order to integrate it. And yes, and no, like we do need to face it in a way where we work with our physiology, but we don't need to face it whereas we sit there and, and go over what may have happened yeah. or even go back to the memory. Like I also spent a lot of time doing doing that kind of work, shadow work, and, and going back to memories when I was um, as young as like just... Um, newborn. Newborn, yeah. And, and I was getting sort of trapped in those... Con- um, levels of consciousness getting trapped in the past and and again I didn't have a practitioner who knew what was going on so they were not able to guide me back into the present moment so there becomes a big danger there when we're when we're pushing our clients back to face what's happened before or even face stuff from past lives and these things if there is a big danger of that client getting stuck and you not being able to bring them back like I met someone back when I was in Barcelona I think I told you and he he was doing this work with a, a woman and guided her back to a time when she was seven or eight years old. And then during that healing session, she wasn't able to come back to her 40-year-old woman oh, body. So she was she was stuck. She came back. She Midway through that session, she was saying to this, the practitioner, um, I want my mum. Where's my mum? And there's my mama. And he ended up having to take this, this person to hospital because oh, he didn't have oh, the tools there to guide her back. To the present moment so there's there's a huge danger and that again can be a, another another episode we can talk about oh, no. <laughs> it is that's an extreme example but that's also happened to me at times and, and i'm sure it's happened to many many other people when they're doing this what i would call re-traumatizing work. yeah i mean even with talk therapy right i mean we have a close example in my family that mm-hmm. someone that goes regularly through therapy because they have you know their own their own big struggles and they finish the sessions absolutely destroyed to the point of not not even being able to walk and the professionals in front of her that have all these degrees and doctorates and stuff are not able to see that actually this is not working yeah 
anyways, I think we 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 address that bit of why this is important because it's just fucking important, isn't it? Like now that I'm hearing, yeah. like, oh my god, this, yes, we have to talk about this. This could be hours and hours long because yeah, it's just essential. I really do think it's essential. Not just even if you're not working with others, I think it opens up a whole new way of living, a whole new way of understanding life and a whole new way of relating to yourself. And it brings about, I think I said this earlier on, so much compassion for yourself. That, From my experience, I really learned to love and care for myself. Whereas I used to be someone who suffered with with depression to a point where, you know, I hated myself. There was this deep sort of disgust for who I was and, and learning about this to you is just, Flip that three six uh one eighty not three sixty will be right back where I started. Do you mind if I mention something else? We were it depends what it is, but <laughs> it's related. It's related. We were watching a documentary. I don't remember what it was or what, but there was this person who experienced trauma, and in order to heal, they were putting themselves through extreme cold therapy. Nice. They were basically going into a frozen like um, diving underneath the ice yeah and they were talking about and they were so admired by people around them right like oh my god you know like the way they they're able to face the pain the way they're able to handle it in their body and while it can look so much like oh my god like would you treat a child that way yeah i mean no one likes a cold shower do they let's be honest like yeah no choice between a warm or cold shower i don't think and i mean it has its time right like you know what there's there are times where it felt good to have that shower but when we link that in order to heal we have to suffer yeah. like we know there is another way and you were saying about facing the pain because we are facing the pain but from the body because our memories are not just here right no. like they are stored in here so through addressing the nervous system we're addressing all of that so we don't have to go through all of these extreme conditions that are perpetuating our own trauma i wouldn't if i had a child i wouldn't put my child through that so i'm going to treat myself as if i was a child i'm going to reparent myself i'm not going to put myself in a frozen lake yeah um a lot of like the the trauma that we refer to which is what complex trauma it's what the majority of us have and it's what we work with a lot of this happened when we are pre-verbal as far back as in utero so this trauma is not it's not in a memory it's held in the soma it's held in the body it's held in the cells it's not there as a physical memory because it might not be something that directly happened to you it might just be something that was going on around you so it doesn't necessarily have to be a memory and most of the times it won't be so there's no need to be going back but yes there is a need to work with the body but not yeah and the reason we're giving all of these examples is to understand that all of these things actually do not understand about polyvagal theory. When we do understand about polyvagal theory, we don't put ourselves through that or others. Yeah. So maybe let's just go through the three organizing principles. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a big flap. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to make Oops. a point. <laughs> <laughs> So there are three organizing principles that um are sort of the the pillars of polyvagal theory. The three the three th- things that you need to understand the most, let's say. Um, yeah. So these three principles are neuroception, the autonomic hierarchy, and co-regulation. And where <laughs> 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 You can find it. Um, <laughs> so an understanding of these principles means that we're able to sort of start to work with 
our nervous system and then become like the active operators of our nervous system. And I, I like that saying because it sort of gives us, it puts us back in the driver's seat. Like it means that you become the one that's facing life instead of being sort of taken through life by by trauma, by past patterns. Exactly. It, it gives you the power back. Trauma puts you in a position where you are a victim, right? You you couldn't do anything. Unfortunately, you have, you know, like you, you went through that and you were put in a position where you had no choice. Yeah. So this work gives you that power back. It's just like before you didn't have a choice and now finally you were able to move through that situation. You can be in that driver's seat, as you're saying, and take control of your life so you don't have to be just like... You're going to hit me in the face. Am I? I was, I was <laughs> picturing the, the the thing with the air. Depending on what you call it. Anyways, it's not relevant for these buckets so. <laughs> yeah. so you want to go through the first concept i want to read what i wrote if that's okay and then I'll ah, yeah of course so there's the three organizing principles and then the polyvagal theory also offers us an explanation for the crucial role of early attachment and social engagement sort of play in our healthy development um i don't know if that makes sense yeah so, so when our early attachment is disrupted our ability to find a sense of safety in the world is affected so this means that we begin to unconsciously perceive the world around us as a threat. And then because of this, because we're perceiving the world as, as like a, a bad place, a dangerous place, we start to put survival strategies in place in order to protect us from harm. And this happens very early on, which can happen as early as a couple of months, no? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then over time, our system becomes sort of, in a sense, like stuck in this survival, mo survival mode. And what started out as a means of protecting us, actually, as we develop into teenagers, adults, it becomes counterproductive because in survival mode, we have this like limited access to safety. We have less meaningful connection with others. We're more um, susceptible to illness. We're more prone to chronic illness, to experience anxiety, depression, along with a whole host of other other symptoms yeah and as you were saying like they start so early sometimes a lot of times we see like babies and we're like oh my god they never cry they're such a good baby and like maybe they are in complete freeze because their needs are not met so because they can't fight i mean maybe they try crying they cry doing everything that they could it's not working they have to go into freeze yeah i always like to give the example that of like perhaps as a baby you were too hot you maybe you were wearing a coat and you needed to be it to be taken off and you're crying and crying trying to get your caregiver's attention but they misunderstand your needs thinking that you're hungry or you need changing so there's that misattunement whereas you as a baby carries on being being hot and you realize oh okay i'm not i'm not safe my needs are not going to get met so the next thing you do is you've tried to cry you try to go into that fight or flight so, and it's not worked so the next thing you just sort of you give up and that would be um like you said a baby that's perhaps very good baby you know never crying is one that's stuck in a in a shutdown state yeah it's like completely disconnected from their needs because they're not going to be met so i sort of numb so i don't suffer because mm -hmm. i am hot right yeah just to expand on what you were saying um so in order to move out of the survival mode and into a riding mode this is what we like to call it. Driving <laughs> mode. We need to learn to work with our physiology and to give our body a felt sense or an understanding of safety. And then having this polyvagal informed education offers a deeper or a deeper understanding of ourselves 
and our habitual responses to life and provides us with a map to reconnect with our truth in ourselves. Um, so let me touch on, well, let us touch on the three organizing principles. So we'll start with the first one, neuroception. Yeah. Um, neuroception, in a nutshell, <laughs> you want to go on? <laughs> it's how the nervous system takes in information from um, the world around us, from inside our own bodies, and then from in between nervous systems, you know, how we relate to each other. Um, yeah. This process happens like outside of our conscious awareness so below the level of the thinking mind and this is why mindset techniques alone won't bring the results that you desire no and and just to make it simple i like to think about neuroception like your own internal sort of alarm system and i like to think about it like sort of sensors and the cameras put inside your body and also like focus on outside so he's basically scanning the environment it's scanning within and it's scanning with another nervous system. So with another human or like another animal, right? So it's like scanning the environment and seeing just the world. So it's processing the information in order to pick up on cues of safety. Oh, this is okay. We're safe. Or cues of danger. Like, oh my God, be careful. There's a danger there. I was just getting that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I stole your example. <laughs> Yeah, it's like basically what Melody just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to come across as the expert in this part. <laughs> you are the expert as well. <laughs> there is no competition with her. There is. There is some. <laughs> yeah, every single micro moment of our lives. So this is happening constantly. The, ne- the nervous system is taking in information from three different streams of awareness, like we just said, from inside so listen to heart rate listen to how you're breathing listening to the digestion from the environment around us so what is going on like for me right now the dog is licking his body and the sound is, is annoying me <laughs> that would be a sign of danger for danger, me. danger danger buddy do you mind <laughs> and then between the two so the relational field between nervous systems so how we relate <laughs> people i wish you could see our dog right now i was not expecting that He's in thriving mode right now. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's on the beach. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, it's taking in cues of things that feel like a welcome, so cues of safety, and things that feel like a warning, so cues of danger. Um, do you want to say what some cues of like safety might be for you? Yeah, of course, it's absolutely personal, right? Because we have all experienced different things. But for me, cues of safety are low lights, Mm-hmm. So I normally like when the environment is like quite dark and there's just like maybe candlelight or like a salt lamp. <laughs> I like the opposite because I come into rooms where she is and I'm like, I can't see you. <laughs> darkness, I don't know why. Um, I also love when there's like nice smells around, like from incense, things like these. Or when I see green, like nature, either plants yeah. inside or I can see nature. Like right now I see the hill and a tree. And that for me is like a cue of safety in the environment. A cue of safety in another person would make like a welcoming smile, like a soft, soft eyes, or maybe like a sweet word, like when people call me, yeah, that's quite forced. <laughs> <laughs> like corazón, cariño, like it makes me feel like, oh, you know, it's inviting, it's welcoming. It's just like it has this soft feeling inside. Yeah, and, and sort of between nervous systems would be like the unsaid, it's sort of a felt maybe intuition, no, like. I don't know how to describe what, what, what I said, for example, like the, the, the cues in the, the eye face. contact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
um, and then cues of danger. Um, I realized a new one for me yesterday. It was very windy outside, and the sound of the wind was was signaling danger to me, which does, I haven't noticed in the past. But yesterday, that for me was a, a cue of danger. It could be like a messy house. You know, if I wake, if I on a Friday night, maybe I just can't be bothered doing the dishes, and then Saturday morning I wake up and I'm like, oh, like for me that that can set off the day. So Absolutely, it's a cue of danger for me. Yeah, or, that's a cue of danger to me. Well, being late if I'm late myself or if a client is late for me can also signal danger because that that waiting time that sort of in, in unpredictability in, in oh god <laughs> that non-predictableness <laughs> that can Thanks. set up can be a cue of danger for me um and then as we go about taking in the world through this process of neuroception the neuroception then prompts a move along the autonomic hierarchy and the autonomic hierarchy is um, three different states. No, the nervous system has three distinct states, and then these states can be blended and mixed, and they give us yeah, they give us mixed states. But let's just talk about them. yeah, just the three simple ones to sort of have some basic information about what they are, and these states just give us some sort of like predictability in what how we act. They use that something very well phrased the other day that is not common to my mind. It gives us a predictable order. Yeah, I think I'll show you the rest of it. Please, no. Love you. Okay, so the three states. Let's imagine them on a ladder. I wish we had a ladder here. Oh, yeah, that would, that's a prompt that we could have. Mm, I'll make one. Um, so if you imagine these three states on a ladder, this was put forward by uh, a person called Deb Dana, who's just so nice. I know. <laughs> so lovely. So, um, so she 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 sort of took the polyvagal theory and made it um, accessible to therapists. No? Um, so she put the three states on a ladder, polyvagal ladder. So at the top of the ladder is the ventral state. And this is the state of safety, connection, maybe like organization. Um, it's a place where we feel physically and psychologically healthy and we experience a sense of, of ease and yeah well-being. ease well-being okayness yeah not necessarily joy i think that's that's fair to say what you said like okayness like it might not be like i'm very very happy it might just be sort of i'm getting through the day relatively with relative ease yeah know? yes yeah agree <laughs> go on okay <laughs> and then when the world begins to feel maybe too challenging too dangerous too overwhelming which we picked up on through our neuroception, we leave ventral and we move one step down the ladder into the sympathetic nervous system. So the energy of mobilization, right up flight. Um, and this is our first survival response. So in this state, um, I've lost what I was saying. In this state of mobilization. How does it feel? How does mobilization feel for you? For me, mobilization feels like a lot of energy inside. And it just feels like a rush, like life is frenetic in a way. And I just find myself, you know, doing a lot of things at the same time, jumping from one thing to another, mm. like doing something, but actually thinking about the next thing that I'm going to be doing. And I move quite fast. My heart feels like it's racing. I normally hold my breath. Yeah. Um, it's very similar for me. I'll give a little example. <clears throat> Of maybe I'm in ventral, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, while perhaps I'm creating content for work. I'm happy, ideas are flowing. Then I notice I maybe spent too much time on the screen. So my 
neuroception will take me a bit down the ladder and I'll become more in this mobilization state and I can start to feel myself maybe with a million tabs open, I'm jumping from writing an email to creating a con- something for Instagram. Things become a little bit scattered. I feel myself maybe holding my breath a little bit. Um, now I'm doing it now. and then perhaps I don't listen to those cues that I'm getting to stop to take a break to orient to my environment to you know maybe go outside and get some fresh air and I push on I keep going I keep spending time on the screen which I already know is a a trigger for me but I don't listen so then my neuroception will take me one step further down the ladder it will get like increasingly sort of alarmed and I'll end up at the bottom, which is dorsal. And this is the energy of like um, shutdown, collapse, uh, loss of energy. It can be more like, oh, I just don't care. It, yeah, I think when you talk about the stage, you can hear like, when you talk about eventual, it's very nice. Like, and then and you can even faster. The, the way you're talking, yeah, your body right. language is changing, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, so I think that was that's for me is a very clear example of how I get down the ladder mm-hmm. That's um, great. and uh, dorsal um this immobilization state i mean it can feel different for everyone there are like different things allows octopus legs octopus legs <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like different tones to it right because it can feel like i think that the most extreme one and the most that we are easily recognize is the one that I'm just in the sofa on the bed I can't move I just feel depressed it feels hopeless like I have no energy for anything I wanted to go to that yoga class but I'm not gonna go because I can't be bothered and life sucks but then there is this side of dorsal in which maybe I am doing things and I am going to work and I'm taking on my clients and I'm doing all these things but I'm sort of numb away from my body right like i'm not really feeling i'm just going through life yeah it's like going through the motion going through the motion but i think we won't get into detail because there's so many like yeah here and there but just so you know like mobilization feels like all of this energy or you feel reactive and fighting with people and just doing 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 yeah it could even just be like grumpiness isn't yeah. it? Like that, for me yeah I'm very grumpy <laughs> 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 um, it looks so different for everyone but also at the same time it looks the same does that make sense a bit like there's this base that we saw everyone relates to and then there's like little things so of course we're all different we all have different triggers we all went through different excuse me things <laughs> she didn't um, use the bath until she met me she said oh how did I really that is that information about me <laughs> if we knew how to video edit we could cut it we could, but you we know don't. what we're gonna have to listen to this <laughs> anyway so I was saying like mobilization is feeling all that energy right like it's quite a the word says it right like it feels like a mobilized state yes it, it requires movement i think in order to yeah. we're going way off tra- track here but in order to dispel that energy it needs to be moved out of you somehow through jumping through walking through yeah that's that's how it feels <laughs> and then also is like that state where we don't feel like we have energy and and it can be very mis it can 
I was going to say procrastination, but it's a word that I can't say. Like, yeah, you could. You could feel it, like I'm. I'm just lazy. Be, yeah, it can be misinterpreted yes. as as laziness. Mm-hmm. As, but yeah, procrastination is a big sort of telltale sign of shutdown, isn't it? Like, you might want to do all these things, but you just find that you can't. You feel yeah. like you can't. It's not that. Yeah, it's not that you're lazy because I don't think laziness. Is really a thing it's just mm. that you, you don't physically physiologically you, there is no energy there for you to do this because in this in this energy of of dorsal the body has literally is trying to conserve as much energy as possible so it stops things like digestion it slows heart rate it slows breathing rate everything becomes shut down in order for you to just maintain the very basics in order to, to survive so of course if you're in dorsal you probably won't have the same amount of you won't you won't have energy to to go for a long walk you won't have energy to to sit and write something for uni or for work or whatever yeah. it's just not there yeah. it, on a physiological biological level that energy is not available to you so it's not that you're lazy it's not that you don't want to do it it's that in the state it can't happen and if you do and you're in a functional freeze you're just like running on empty yes it's come gas done and and putting your health at very risk not to blame of course like i'm i'm not saying this like oh look at you doing that it's just so so you understand how that sounded like <laughs> blaming. No, no, not okay. Um, but yeah, the fact that the nervous system moves in this predictable way, so you leave ventral, you move into mobilization, and then you move into dorsal. The fact that it moves in this way helps us make sense of our inner experience. So why we feel, why we act, why we think in certain ways, and you'll notice as you um spend time getting to know these different states you'll notice that you do feel a certain way when you're in ventral and you act a certain way and you think a certain way and those thoughts and those actions will completely change when you move into mobilization and then they'll change again when you move into um immobilization into dorsal so yeah having this predictable um, these predictable steps gives us hope because it shows us also that there is a way back up to the top of the ladder it gives us that um that roadmap that we said earlier on how to how to thrive and of course course the goal the work goes deeper right like this is just the foundation we're talking about the education but i guess that was clear yeah should we go to the next one yeah would it feel safe for you if i go to the toilet or do you want me to wait until we finish this bit um we're about to finish would it be fine to wait yeah for sure do you mind thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's fine okay so let's jump into the that principle. <laughs> the third principle is co-regulation. So it's the final organizing principle. And if I just rush through it, because you need it, that's sorry. fine. But basically, from birth, our nervous system begins to create a story about relationships. So whether that story is about safety or about protection depends on whether we have safe and regulated people around us. Um, we're wired for connection. Our autonomic nervous system is. It has this deep sort of longing to connect with others and. You know, we're a social species, so we, we want to have that pack around us. We want to feel part of something. And that makes sense, right? Because if we didn't have the pack, like when we, we talk like back in time, we would die because we would be alone in nature, right? Mm-hmm. So it's wired. Like it's so biological to want to be with people because yeah. being around people, feeling like we belong means protection, means I'm not going to die Yeah, soon. And a lot of, you know, people, they die from loneliness and they we, we suffer a lot. It makes me very sad um but you think as as babies too like we need that we need someone around us we're not 
um, like independent species. We're not yeah. born and then we're out. Okay, yeah. well, we need to be. We don't self-regulate when we are babies. We don't have the capacity to self-regulate. No, and this is very important. And this is a lot. Just quickly, this is where trauma comes in. Is that because we don't have that capacity to self-regulate, we might not have a safe enough caregiver that shows us how to self-regulate, and that's where we become. Yeah. A bit, and we don't have someone to co-regulate with because their nervous systems are not regulated, unfortunately, because of their own trauma and, and you know for what they have to go through. Yeah, and this becomes passed on through generation, 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 mm-hmm. and this is is why this work is so important because you can break that gen- generational trauma. Like if, if we had children, hopefully they would. No, they're not going to be trauma free, of course. but no. they're not going to carry on traits that have been in our family for possibly said hopefully not i mean i, I guess we'll be very intentional about it but that, that's a practice that's a yeah. have that now. what do you think <laughs> <laughs> okay so a big part of the healing process involves connecting with other safe and regulated nervous systems because in doing so we finally feel that nurturing connection that our physiology is longing for and many of us don't have a safe person present in our lives which is why we may hire therapists, we may hire coaches to co-regulate with. I know that um, we both have in our past. Uh, I've reached out to other people for support because we haven't been able to get that co-regulation from our immediate environment or the people around us haven't felt safe. They might not be bad people because safe doesn't mean bad. It no. just means they might not be able to... They, they're not regulated. No. They're not able to stay in their centre and hold space for all of us yeah and they just they 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 can't provide with that regulated nervous system for your nervous system to attune to and that's fine it doesn't mean they are bad people it's just like they are not meeting your physiological needs right and and it's very important because co-regulation is essential as we were saying that we're human beings we need the connection with other humans and sometimes yeah a professional can be the first person that you can experience that is safe enough that your nervous system can slowly start attuning to like for me my therapies was was crucial right like it, it showed me probably for the first time like a safe connection and that that led me to meeting you right yeah. like I was shown what safety and co-regulation really looked like and yeah. I was able to mirror it then in other relationships yeah once you have that felt sense of safety you're able to know what it is and you're able to to then like you said look for it in other areas of life because yeah. a lot of this is what I mentioned in that that yet to be released post is <laughs> that like um when we are living with unresolved trauma in the system, we might not be able to see the red flags that are in front of us because we might not be aware of our own needs. We might not be aware that we matter, you know. So having that safe connection shows us that we are seen, we are valid, our needs are, val- are valid. Well, that's it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I just noticed it's Thank you. Okay. But, just just uh, correcting a boss here with you. <laughs> I'm not um, yeah, I guess another like, sort of good news is, is that if you don't have that safe person immediately available to you, there are other ways of co-regulating. You can co-regulate with art, with music, with nature, with animals. With animals um even with you know people from the internet or fictional characters from TV, I know I used to co-regulate a lot with my cat, and now I co-regulate with with the dogs around. He does not co-regulate with me. Well, <laughs> that's that has a lot of well, an asterisk, you know, an asterisk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer. Um, 
but yeah in the sense that I don't want you to not think oh my god because I have no one I'm never going to be able to do this work because there is a way right like at the end correlation is also a support to the base and you will need it but know that you can start this work on your own right yeah. like you can as an adult like you can self-regulate and of course I would always encourage you to find for a professional that supports you because you deserve to be guided you deserve to have someone there for you you deserve to not to have to do this alone but know that there are ways, right, in which you can start doing this and yeah. in which you can co-regulate with other things like Jen just mentioned. Yeah, for me, a big one was, was nature. I had, I did have like specific trees in the town that I was living in um, that I, I would go to. If I was in, in, if I was upset, I would go in and see that tree. And it brought me a sense of safety. And even when we met, I said, like, I want you to meet my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I, I met them. I took it to I the forest them. to meet several different trees. Yes, remember um, them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the basically this work starts with, with one step. And that is getting an education is, is what is going on. Because without that understanding of what's going on inside, we can't really move forward. Um, so that's what we encourage everyone to do and that's what we're, what we're intending to do with this series of, of podcasts that we're going to be releasing with our posts and things is to is to educate people of course there's like we said at the beginning this this theory is huge and it goes layers and layers and layers but we're aiming to provide people with a non-dumbed out education yeah. so they can get so you can have an understanding of, of what's actually got gone on in the past what's going on now in the present and and formulate what you want to be happening in the future. Yeah, for you and for your clients. And it's just such a great theory. I hope this was educational. And I guess, I think it was great. There was a lot of stuff, personal stuff <laughs> coming up. <Yeah>. But <laughs> if you are a listener of the podcast, I guess you know that this is what it is. <laughs> yes, we got engaged this weekend, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we'll end this. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to have to listen to Impulse and go to the toilet. Go. If your body is feeling like a yes to this nervous system healing and expansion work, we're here to help you with that. Our private coaching is the best place to get long-term, personalised support in order to work by your side, creating a foundation of safety and co-regulation and, allowing, and working on allowing your nervous system to feel ease, peace and freedom through regulation. Message us on Instagram if you have any questions. We offer our private coaching on a sliding scale and there are payment plan options available. You can work with both of us or one of us. And if you're looking for a shorter term container, message us to know more about our programs. Thank you so much for being